0: Okay, so today I've got four guests with me, and they're going to be providing us with information and some insights into World Cleanup Day and our pollution issues, but we're going to focus on as much as possible river and ocean pollution. Um, My guests today are Taryn Johnson from the Moving Water Alliance, Helen Clare, also representing the Moving Water Alliance, Richard Hardiman, founder of RAN Marine Technology, and the inventor of the Waste Shark and Bernard Marks, a plastic recycling expert and co-founder of Waste Free Oceans. I'm gonna give each one of them a chance to uh, introduce themselves though, that, uh, let them give you a bit more information about themselves. And so firstly, we can go over to Taryn. Taryn, how are you today? And tell us a bit about yourself.
1: Hi everybody, I am Taryn Johnson. I am the founder of uh, a movement in South Africa called Hinox Revival and uh, through my efforts Uh, And the movement that we are busy with and busy evolving through uh, have been nominated as the chairperson for Moving Water Alliance. And um, the, the vision there is really to grow and expand throughout the globe to help more people do what I'm doing as an organisation and um, to work within their communities and to empower the impoverished and to get more people to be more actively involved, become active citizens and take part in cleaning up the environment where they are.
0: Awesome, thanks very much, Helen.
2: Thank you, Taryn, for starting the introduction on the Moving Water Alliance. That's really easy for me now. (laughs) Yes, I came across uh, the Moving Water Alliance, um, indeed, um, through my my South African activities. So Taryn went, however, pop up on my network (laughs) to some point of time. And I was really impressed on all the um, efforts and actions she started on these cleanups and on the doing of cleaning the rivers. Um, and also on the way she's doing that, the very professional way. And I decided that it has to be um, developed and uh, enforced on a professional way with uh, specific issues to be addressed, not just a couple of guys doing nice things in the water and picture at the end, but to really explain people the systematic way and the technique before, behind all this um, work. And because um, on the other side, I was myself uh, starting to collect a little bit of floating things because I'm a sailor and I'm doing across different seas in Europe and I started to just collect what I just passed through floating around me. Um, So I thought that it had chances to become something bigger.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much. All right, Richard.
3: So, um, yeah, I'm Richard. I uh, founded uh, rammarine Technology, which is a business focused on, um, and it is a business. I, f- I feel bad that we're not an NGO, but my particular want was that we've built a product that uh, swims in the in the sort of local canals and waterways of cities and harbors and marinas um acts like a Roomba for uh for collecting plastic out of the water um but we started as a business because we knew that we could um force cities and force companies to to pay for for, for, the, for the cleanup once um once trash is out in the ocean it's a little difficult to go and beg for money sometimes to go and clean that up so i wanted a way to um if I find a way to, to force a, a city or a government to um, to clean up their water uh, and essentially their, their uh, citizens' waste, so we invented the uh, the Way Shark, which is a, as I say, it's a, it's a, a Roomba for water. It floats around, it gobbles up plastic. Basically, if you're familiar with um, Wally the robot that went around on Earth and in that, that moved and cleaned up Earth, we've got a Wally for water. So uh, that's what we do. We're based in Rotterdam, originally from Cape Town, uh, but came to uh, came to Rotterdam in the Netherlands to set this business up. And uh, we're in a number of countries around the world um, and hopefully making uh, some effort against the, the fight against plastic pollution, particularly in marine life. Thanks very much. Bernard? Yeah, uh, I'm Bernard. Uh, one of the two founders of Waste Free Oceans. Uh, my co-founder Alexander and I, we both have a background in plastic converting and plastic recycling for a large number of years. And when I stepped down as chair of the European Plastic Recycler Association, my co uh, Board member said uh, you need a new hobby because you're gonna you're gonna bore yourself. And they said there is something floating in the oceans and in the waterways which needs attention. Um, and I think that was by the end of 2010. Um, so please use your experience to look at it. Um, Waste Free Ocean was officially founded by us as a private uh, foundation, uh, not for profit, in early 2011, because it it is a topic that goes far beyond the plastic industry. Uh, and we needed expertise from all sides to to tackle this issue. Um, One of the great ideas we had is we went to see the European Commissioner for Fishery. As you may know, uh, fishing boats have quotas and therefore are not allowed to fish all through the year, which means that sometimes their capacity is idle in the ports. And the the, uh, initial idea was to use that idle capacity during their times that they were not fishing to send them out and clean floating debris. Um, it may strange, uh, sound strange today, but there were no discussions about microplastic in 2011. Today, it's in the news every day. So floating debris was the big issue and um, what we did is a project called Fishing for Litter, which we revived. We didn't invent it, but we revived it to send out actively fishing boats and other vessels to, with trolls to clean uh, certain areas. But of course, you need to look at the source of the problem and close the taps. So we went, of course, to look, where does the material come from? What type of material is it? And what can we still do with it when we take it out of the water? So one of the first projects already in 2011, which we produced was the ocean model by Ecover, a uh, detergent brand in, in Belgium. And this has been followed by many others. Um, where today there's a big discussion about rivers. I think in 2011, we already went into the rivers because it was clear that the rivers are bringing waste into, into the seas and into the lakes and into the oceans. Uh, one of the largest running projects or longest running project we have is in the Danube. And together with uh, local NGOs and a lot of local partners, just to give you some idea, we took out roughly 1.2 million bottles last year. And all of that has been converted into new products. Um, and next to bottles, of course, all the other debris which we found. Um, and to also work, uh, being close to the commission also, of course, work on legislation. So in 2019, there has been uh, legislation which had the basis of anti-litter measures. Um, so this is this is it for the time being, and I'm pretty sure there will be other questions where we can dive into more details.
0: Yeah, all right. So like, as I said, um, the podcast is very much about um, World Cleanup Day, um, the 18th, September. Uh, but, you know, what is it or uh, what does World Cleanup Day mean to you guys and your organization? Um, but also just, you know, that that big question that's out there, you know, how bad is it really?
3: Thank you. I, I think we're, we're, we're quite excited about it. Um, we've, we've got some sort of in-house um, plans to go out and clean up. We're, we're a bunch of engineers um, who I'm very lucky to work with 16 sort of guys and girls that, that come from all around the world that are very good at what they do but very passionate about about the the the, the environment. So for us, it's a chance to go out and play with our toys basically, and uh, we we very rarely go out to go and actually clean up um, rubbish. Our, cu- our customers do every day, but uh, we we get to test and we get to build. We don't actually go out and um, and, and clean up other people's rubbish. So I, I think we're looking for forward to that point of view, forward to in that point of view as sort of a collective team outing to go and uh, and do. Some Good, which is exciting, and do some good with our products, which is equally exciting. To me personally, and probably probably I could speak for the group for, for, for the company as well. That I, I think this kind of represents a day that that puts a spotlight on on, on what we're trying to achieve and, on, and what other people are doing around the world. We said earlier, 180 countries being involved. I mean, that's that's a massive clearing of house. Um, which is exciting. I, I'd love to see the results also collated afterwards and see what you know what the world did to clean up our, our backyard. I'm quite excited about that, but I think it it highlights the problem. Um, and I, I, to be honest with you, we, yes, it is in the news all the time. And it, it it's my worry is that we don't know how much of a problem that really is. Um, I, I think we we see it on a daily basis potentially because we're right in the middle of it. I don't think. Um, the normal sort of population realizes how bad it is, and there's a lot of studies being done, and there's a lot of cleanups being done. But my my worry is that we 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 don't know exactly how much is out there already in the oceans, and my fear is it's a lot more than we think it is. Um, and I, and I, I think that I hope anyway that this kind of a day um, puts a, puts a spotlight on 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 what can be done to reduce the waste. Um, that it, we're not we're not anti-plastic as a business. I think plastic is a great and useful tool. It's more how we dispose of that plastic. And I think the more people that are aware of um, the damage that's been done just by dropping a simple co- um a, <laughs> I won't name brands, a simple bottle, plastic bottle, um, <laughs> and, and then how, how it ends up, in, you know, it goes into a store. We're not sponsoring the Well, no, yeah, absolutely. But I feel like I'm always thinking <laughs> of one particular products because um because it's easy but um you know just that that, that journey of how how, how a, a water bottle can go from you know being used for a minute and a half while you drink that water to where it ends up you know sort of deep out in the ocean in the middle of nowhere and starts to be broken down into microplastic i i, I think people need to understand that journey more and not be so frivolous with well maybe it doesn't happen with this particular bottle you know um it happens with every bottle if it's not recycled properly it's a problem um so i, I think i think these kind of days, um, particularly the 18th, the whole world focused on it, I think it's magnificent. And I, I just hope it has the effect that, that, that it should have um, on, on people and bringing attention to just how bad this problem actually is worldwide. Taran, I want to just bring it to you.
0: Um, you know, you had that, uh, you started that uh, organisation, the HENOPs Revival, Um <laughs> And got involved in cleaning up one of your local rivers. Um, how do you feel this day is going to impact you and what you're doing, uh, you know, with moving water alliance in mind as well as, you know, your own projects in mind as well?
1: You know, so World Cleanup Day is great because it brings a whole lot more people to the party and um, it, it brings a lot of awareness um, to a lot of people that would ordinarily not be doing anything. Um, on any other day, World Cleanup Day gives them an invitation to to join in somewhere. So that's why, uh, you know, we would like to support other uh, organisations who are hosting cleanups Promote them on social media, get more attendees and more people actively involved to see how it is. Because you, if you don't see it, if you're sitting in your office every day, you and you don't see it, you don't really necessarily realise how bad it is. And um, you know, from someone who's being on the ground and working at this, you know, from the ground up, I see how bad it is, and I know that we don't have time. So uh, I'm just throwing myself in there. Hook line and sinker, and I'm in as as far as can be. So, um, you know, as a as a support, um, I will obviously attend a cleanup, but I just won't be organising myself, um, you know, hen henops one. But they will be in, you know, one of the tributaries. They will be definitely be. I'll probably go to two or three different cleanups that will be happening on that day. But the reality is that we do not have time we don't have time to waste, to, you know, sit and discuss or think about ideas. We literally have to all play our part, you know, however that part may play out, whether it's through just conscious consumerism, buying things differently, you know, and when you go to a cleanup, it kind of changes you as a consumer because then you start to realize like, oh, but I've picked up this in the the river, you know, At the end of the day, you know, we don't really go to the shops to buy that styrofoam tray or to buy that plastic packaging that it comes wrapped in. But we're left with no choice. That's how it's sold to us. And, uh, you know, so going to a cleanup of any measure will affect you as, as as an individual, as a consumer, and help you make better choices. So it's something that I highly recommend each and every person does.
2: I have a lot to (laughs) add. Wow, how impressive! When I listen to Harin, she's doing so much. You know, I'm so far away from that. I'm so far away from that. World cleanup day. You know, I mean, I'm spending a lot of my time working, working on the industrial side, to be honest, because water is not just environmental and plants. I mean, water. You got a lot in the manufacturing. You got a lot in the production. You need water for cooling. You need water for recycling. You need water for process. Oh, and when I'm tired at home, I come back and I see on the internet, oh, another work day of whatever. Yeah. And when you think about it, there's a lot of causes that are important. There's a lot of issues to talk about. But think about the work cleanup day. There is one massive, amazing thing it's a topic that is concerning everyone, not just a specific gender, not just a specific region. Not just a specific age; it's the matter of everyone. As Richard mentioned, I mean, it's starting at home with cleaning your your home, with with putting the waste out or not putting it in, um, sorting it out or not, and in in doing it. So coming back to this word "clean up day," you think, okay, when you live on the coast, when you're maybe in holiday, you just realize how many things are floating, even in some nice beaches. But when you're back from work after eight o'clock, you're not on the seashore. You know, the plastic issue in the ocean is something pretty far away. Pretty something is something else's issue. I mean, you know that it is not well to some points, but it's, okay, something you'll do when you're old, something you'll do when you're on holiday, something you'll do when you maybe travel to um, any nice places on the beach, on the islands, and you realize what's not so nice. And then when you look at those places, I've been doing that this summer. There's a lot of things floating. You realize a lot of people look with a disgust figure and face on that, are really shocked and think, we should do something. But they're doing nothing. And when you collect it yourself, then you got some interesting faces looking at you and say, actually, there's really a lot of things to be changed. And you're right, you got to do. But who will change this if not you? So I hope there is a chance to raise the awareness that was mentioned already, but to raise it really on a very large scale because there is no, no single um, specific um, requirements to just clean the waste. You can just take it out of the water, just take it out of the street because it's lying here. That's where it starts. And then when you, you you look at it, you see in the river, that's where it's going next, yeah? And at the end, it's ending what I mentioned, yeah? So we got this stuff going along the Rhine River. And uh, so when you're France and Germany, you can say hi to this, and then you look at it, pass through until it ends up in the, <laughs> <laughs> in the Netherlands oh, uh, with Erna. Um Yes, of course. And that's the way of just issue forwarding today. And this is a huge cultural attitude that has to be changed. So that's why I had a lot of more to add. I grew
0: up surfing. And one of the things that I started to notice over the years as well was um, you know, I'd be out there sitting in the ocean and like some plastic ice lolly papers would start floating past me and little bits of plastic bags and things like that. Guys, at one stage I was coming out of the ocean and I looked like some kind of like, I don't know, plastic scarecrow. Like, because I'd literally taken bits of plastic that I'd found floating past me and I'd shoved them into my wetsuit. You know, this kind of thing, because I I couldn't do it. I couldn't, you know, just watch this stuff, like, float past, you know. And at the same time, being on beaches, you know, like, you know, just sitting there and the wind gets up, especially in places like Cape Town, the wind would get up and the next thing you know, they, there's like rubbish blowing everywhere and people just watching it blow by, you know, like, so, like it's somebody else's job, Bernard, Like, uh, you know, in terms of where you're coming from, you know, um, with uh, your organization, like, how does this how does this day impact you? What do you hope to to get out of it? It,
3: The answer is not so obvious. Um, Sure. I think all the other speakers already said it. Uh, I think we need a 365 days a year, 24 seven. But we have to look at the sources. We have to look at it uh, and, and let structural changes, uh, which of course is a bit boring but I think that's what what's needed. The good thing about previous cleanups is that uh, people gather data and this data have led to like kind of top 10 and top 20 or top 30 most littered items. And as you may know, your <clears throat> commission has uh, made a single use plastic directive based on the top three most littered items. So there is a political decision making based on, let's say, the findings of all those volunteers and all those people uh, actually on the streets and and near the riverbanks who actually did something to raise the issue. Um, What we are contacted, we are often contacted by other NGOs because there are a lot of NGOs already in my home country, the Netherlands, I could think about two or 300 NGOs dealing with this issue. So it's a fragmented issue. group of people, but all full of energy and all full of inspiration, and all full of enthusiasm to make a change. The biggest challenge they have is what do you do with the stuff when you get it out of the water? Because in some countries, you may have an infrastructure. In some countries, you just put it on the nearest landfill where after the next rainfall, it's back in the rivers. So you have to also look at uh, beyond, let's say, the reason of those products being where they are. We just passed on the 1st of July this year, a deposit fee on our small bottles, which was a 20 year fight in a well-developed country as the Netherlands. The lobby of the retailers, the lobby of some other users has been very strong and has delayed these kind of very effective tools to prevent litter. What we also saw when digging through all the piles of data is that we see a lot of landfills are based very close to rivers because the soil and the land is very cheap. It is not good to build houses. So municipalities have used these places to dump litter. And then, of course, uh, I think Torino you mentioned you've got tides, you've got rain seasons, and the stuff is out there. Um, in recent weeks, the Netherlands, Belgium, and, and uh, especially Germany have been touched by heavy rainfall in the mass. We have a lot of people uh, uh, drowned, which, which was a, a catastrophe. But if you look what kind of waste came down the Maas and the Rhine just after that, it is amazing. And it's easy to point to countries which have little infrastructure and, and little waste management. We always do cleanups also in, in my home country, the Netherlands. We have, well, infrastructure. We are a rich country. We have everything. We have an educated population. And in the city heart of Rotterdam, uh, I think (laughs) you can see that Richard, uh, we take out thousands of pieces of litter. So it's not only the underdeveloped countries, it is especially also our countries, our consumption patterns. Uh, I was in Copenhagen to give a presentation a few years ago to to the Danish parliament. And I was uh, sitting in a hotel not too far away, just to the riverside and to to the port side. And I had to cross a small bridge to go into this into this hotel. And then they said, uh, we wish you very much welcome. I said, I don't feel welcome. Have you seen what is floating around your hotel? And then he said, yeah, there was a festival yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. But what are you doing <laughs> to, to be You're part of that? I mean, it's, it's your neighborhood. It's not my neighborhood. It's your neighborhood. So what did you do with it? No, nothing. We can't do anything. It's It's the city. And then I started to walk around the river, uh, the ports. And then you saw that all the waste bins were full. And that people have put waste actually next to the waste bin because they couldn't put it into the waste bin. Mm. What you also saw is that there was deposit on cans and on bottles. And all the cans and bottles that had a value were not part of the waste. Uh Somebody picked them up and brought them back. What was part of the waste was the packaging of some hamburger chains and some pizza chains and some other products which didn't have any value. So the thing about preventing waste is putting a kind of value to the people so that you don't feel the the necessity to to drop it. Part of it, it's education. I mean, uh, some of us have kids, if not all, you have to train them. that Littering something is not normal. Even an apple, even a banana, you don't throw it out of a window. If you go to the beach with your uh, your case full of uh, products, you can take all the packaging and everything back home and dispose of it correctly. So there's an educational thing, yes. There is a marketing thing also for the brands. There is an industry need. There is a need for over-packaging and over-consumption, but we have to be more clever. And there is a huge need for better infrastructure in all those other countries. The technologies are there to deal with most of the issues, but we just have to implement it. And this is a huge missing link. There's no money available to actually make it happen. And then you have all those thousands and hundred thousands of volunteers working day and night to do their best to make a little change. But we have to go faster. I'm hearing that there are things that I can do.
0: But then I'm also hearing that there are like things in my way. You know, what kind of things like do need to happen what can we actually do and, and I'm not just talking about putting in recycling bins does this mean that people need to be more vocal in in addressing governments um I
1: mean you know you've got your extinction rebellions and things like that but you know we we, we we're sitting with a mindset issue and to change people's mindsets is a very very interesting thing because we as we've seen with COVID it's 100% doable. You can change everybody's minds within a week. And everybody can be wearing a mask, sanitizing, and doing everything. If the right amount of attention and, um, <laughs> you know, it's, if it's broadcast over all the platforms with as much power uh, at play, this thing is something that we can turn around within a week. However, we're not sitting with that situation. We're not. Nobody's going to wave a magic wand. And, uh, you know, I've, I've sat and, you know, like Bernard said, this is not a rich or a poor issue. I have been standing on the riverbanks with a wealthy man. And, you know, in our conversation about how bad the river is and everything, he takes his cigarette and he flicks it into the river in front of me <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, you did, did that now in front of me. And he looked and he said, oh, that that little bit is the, the smallest thing in this river. I and see. I thought, oh my God. It is exactly that mindset which has led us to be in the situation that we are in because there's now billions of people who think, that their little bit doesn't make it any worse. Well, (laughs) if we had billions of people thinking that, or being more conscious of what they do with their little bit, it would certainly make it better. But it's about getting the message across and about that making that internal change about what can I do? What can I in my capacity do to help the situation? And unfortunately, it's not a thing that you can really understand fully from, you know, a bird's eye view. If if you're looking at it and you're in the thick of it, you you see it more realistically. And then you realize how little time we actually have and how urgently we really need to act. Um, You know, so while education is a great thing um, and it's a very necessary thing, it's a slow thing. So it's a process. So what we've um, got envisioned, obviously, pending uh, funds, if, if you know they become available for certain projects, we would use them to um, implement incentivized recycling points, and. Um, you know, where people can come and immediately get a reward for their recyclables, you know, like be it um, airtime on their or data on their cell phones and that type of thing. So there's an instant reward for your two or three or four kilometer walk that you need to do um, in order to exchange your goods. And then also to minimize the amount of organic waste that's going into the rivers and just rotting, we want to... Um, implement composting and vegetable gardens where people can exchange their organic waste for grown food, grown fruit and veg. So, you know, those are the ideas that we've kind of got going forward, but I think there has to be an immediate reward in order to get fast action. Um, So that's kind of the route that we are looking to go towards. um, as you know from our side um but obviously all these things do take time to to implement but that is the vision
3: i think there's a lot that comes from um having the political will a lot a lot as well because i, I think you know what, what you're doing is is incredible you know but, but unless you have um a political and this is why we we try and force we work we work made at city level state level especially in the u.s but you know, forcing them to see. Well, well, we'll give you a tool that will do it better, quicker, and easier. So you don't. It'll cost you less. You know, you've got to you've got to sort this out. Here's a cool tool that might be able to, to help you. If we were we were in Thailand um, a year and a half ago, in Bangkok, and they've got two really you know the government agencies are looking at how they can clean the mess up in bangkok and there's this there's this huge canal system where people live on the side of the banks of this um, uh, canal and, and that canal is their waste management system they don't have people coming around every thursday to pick up their bottles and every tuesday to pick up the other waste you know they that that literally is a they put all their rubbish in a bag and they throw it over the edge of the balcony into the water and that water is not i mean it's it's Probably some of the most disgusting. We we travelled five kilometres on the boat through this thing, and it was three or four foot deep of plastic bags, nappies, just crap. I can't sorry, it was just horrendous. You know, organic and inorganic. now, they're, 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 they're sending guys in with boats to take it out every day, but they're doing it not because it's a um, it's a good thing to remove the plastic. They're doing it because it's fouling up the city system and that costs them money. So there's a commercial problem for them. Um, they're not they're not addressing it at a plastic pollution level. They're, they're addressing it because it's a problem. Um, then we went to Rayon, which is further out, but it's a tourist problem. Now they've got all these tourists flocking to this beach area, but there's all this rubbish. So now they want to clean it up because it doesn't look good for the tourists. But nobody's addressing it from a plastic problem if we could just reduce the amount of plastic that we have or recycle more educate the population and stop that plastic getting in the wash in the first place you wouldn't have either of these problems you know filing up of canals or embarrassed um, city officials with tourists but no one's addressing it from 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 that point of view they're addressing the the, the end problem and not not right at the, the, um, the systemic problem that this happened um you know i and, you know, every every two or three months there's a big flood in Durban Harbour. Everyone moans about it. It makes the news, but no one goes up the rivers and goes, "How can we? How can we solve this problem before that that rubbish is rushed down, um, washed down?" Great example is India. I know every four years we get a call from Indian um, government officials asking if we can send quotes for, for for our units out there because there's another election happening, and they want these units <laughs> to show that they are doing something about. it. So every four years we're in this, and they never do it. We know what they're doing, you know. It, it, it's it's because then it becomes look how green we are, how, you know. But they don't do anything about it afterwards. They address all the little problems that come from plastic, but they don't address the problem of, of the actual. Plastic going in the waters. So, I I I just think that this cyclical kind of like trying to solve the problem politically doesn't work unless there's actual political will to solve the problem at the start. Sorry, I know I'm going around and around, but it, but it's it annoys me that, that you just have this occasional political will when it matters to them.
2: I just could go ahead on that. I would go a little bit one step ahead. It's a multi-level problem. Okay, there is a, a personal educational problem. Um, a political problem and an industrial problem, an economic problem, let's say. Um, The perception is the major fact. This is what Bernard said. As long as the plastic and the waste has no value and is um, the the perception of it is that it has no value, it is dirty to some extent, whatever you see which was not yours is dirty anyway. Um, So it will not be addressed. And today, the major key is to also, however, take the problem out of just the home, just the NGOs and just the politics. But very clearly, this is my personal issue to address it in the economy and in the industry. I mean, there will be no team able to clean up as much as plastic. Even Tarin is doing fantastic work It is his today. Look at, a, at, at companies I will... I will take it globally, to get all possible plastic production which is delivered in a day-to-day. How many plastic objects are produced today out of the factory banks all over the world? We will not be able to clean it. And as long as we consider plastic waste is not valuable, it is not a resource, so it has no value, it would be thrown away. Let's Mentally change this mindset. This is what I like. And obviously it's going to be very fast. Let's imagine your bottle is a crystal bottle. Look how much bottle would uh, would be floating in the water. That would be different because the perception of it is, oh, that's money, that's gold, that's something expensive. And as long as we don't change it, as long as we don't close the loop of this so-called circular economy, I don't know how we will manage. So maybe that will be time to make things clear because there is a quantity that is produced today, every day. I mean, we're already floating in all these ways, but we are producing each hour, each minute, millions of tons more that what is already in the in the environment today? So this is what has to be addressed in the very. I would go very honestly. I would go to Davos. I would go to all G summits. You can imagine with big investment. Uh, packed on this, this has to be changed. Can be waste has no value. Nothing has no value on Earth, and this is not an unlimited resource uh, reserve. So I think this is a mix, actually. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It, it, there are a few topics which which I think we can address. Um, I think from a technology point of view, if you have a glass bottle made out of recycled glass, it, it is okay. We have the same technology to to go from a PET bottle to a PET bottle, with 100% recycled PET. Why is this not accepted by the market? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you can do refills instead of one way. Yeah, so it's not a matter of technology; it's a matter of choices of some brands. No, no, and all of those brands are in Davos. I know telling you how beautiful the world is. So there are some other issues. Uh, One is shareholder value. So there there is a need to change the financial market. Um, We see, for example, in the Netherlands that the pension funds put pressure on our dear friends from Royal Shell to change course in the oil production. Um, So you see those trends coming. There's another one. If you replace virgin plastic by recycled plastic, you save CO2 emissions in the area of 30 to 80%. This has no value. So we need to get a system of credit, carbon credits. There is a European law, and I'm pretty sure in other parts of the world there are similar things The polluter pays. So if you are not making it easy for for people in between to actually make that change uh, because of an economic factor, then you have to create economic factors. And it's not taxation. Taxation doesn't work. Taxation is, okay, I punish you and then you just put the tax down the stream. (laughs) So it's in the end the consumer. You have to be more clever. And and, and I agree with Richard, you need brave politicians. Fortunately, in Europe, we have a few at the moment. Um, And hopefully also in other parts of the world, uh, there are signals of hope, but it's a long way. And the lobby powers of some international companies is huge. If you bring any product in the market, uh, you should be kind of liable for the end of life of all the, at least, the, and you have to go to a circular product. You have to go to design, but that has to be done sometimes by legislation because it's not done voluntarily. But then you have to stimulate it. You also have to uh, award the front runners. There are front runners, yeah. When we started to work and, and thinking about the idea to use the fishing fleet of Europe or parts of that to, to clean up the, the material, we came for the first time ever into contact with fishermen. I mm. came to a port and I started to realize <laughs> how much plastic. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. imagine that. How much plastic is in the maritime industry? Look, just the fishing gear and ropes. I mean, we I was working 20 years in, in the plastic recycling and plastic converting I was not so much aware that that's a fishing gear was made out of plastic. So it's it's even it's even also within the industry. Sometimes you're blind of things. While looking at this issue and talking to those people, you started to understand that there is an issue. That they didn't know what to do with the nets because nobody wanted them back. Which ended up in two recycling plants in Europe. One is based in Slovenia, Aquafil, and the other one is based in Denmark, Plastics, in which I'm involved, to recycle fishing gear and ropes. And we actually last uh, two three months ago, we managed to go from rope to rope. So, the technologies are there. We can close the loops. There is legislation now in Europe to start pushing that. It will co- become valid in 2025. It's too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's Europe. Then we have Africa, we have the Americas, we have Asia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there is a long way to go. It's not a lack of technology, it's a lack of brave industrial leadership and it's a lack of brave politicians. And you need the NGO world to wake them up. You need social media to wake them up. Mm. You need those kind of bad images from the rivers uh, you're you're looking at and and all of us are seeing all around the planet to wake them up. But they also have to move. And -hmm. there are elections. But if you ask people to elect politicians, there are many (laughs) things they're looking at. So it's not only about litter. It's not only about waste. When we... The link to water, when we started to talk in in the in late 2010 and early 2011 about uh, the problem of litter and waste and, and dirt and whatever, nobody wanted to listen because nobody wants to listen to problems. Mm. When we started to explain that there is a need for clean water, everybody understands because you drink water every day. So, so we started to change our stories that uh, we were like, looking for opportunities to get clean waters all around the world. Um, Obviously <laughs> clean water means no litter means no medications means no whatever means yeah? uh, mm-hmm. sewage systems needs. And, and then you got into a kind of more positive debate. It was less aggressive, it was differently. It was different people came to the table, the water management companies came to the table. Um, so it was not only the industry, it was not only the brands. you got other people you got academia and universities to the table with mm-hmm. their knowledge. And they did research on what's say on microplastic. They did research that say that microplastic not only come from plastic, they also come from car tires, they also come from paint. So you got involvement mm. of other industries to deal with the topic, which makes it maybe more complex, but also more urgent. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's that's where we are today. We are at the momentum. I think COVID uh, has two things. I think everybody around the planet has has been woken up that nature is stronger than human beings. The second one is it created another waste stream, yeah. gloves and masks, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, is not, which is not making it easier. <laughs> <either. you> <laughs> yeah, but I think in the end, uh, people are waiting for leadership to make a change. And um, and it can be on a local level, it can be on a on national level, it can be on a global level, but we, we don't have enough leadership yet. These and are, you- like, oh, yeah, Sorry. So so you mentioned the incredible lobbying power that some of these companies have, um, which is where I think some of the weaker leadership is is sort of backs down. Um, There's so much money in in these companies that want to defend making cheap products because it's creating shareholder value, giving money back to to, to shareholders, making sure that there's enough profit. You know, you want to pay the cheapest price for, for, for your product before you sell it. Um, Yes, I know, Richard. I I had the opportunity to meet with some of those uh, larger shareholders in mm -hmm. some of those big companies, just on a coffee break, whatever. And and I said, so what's the value of your nappy company uh, when you have to take back all the nappies on the planet? What is the value of your soft drink company when you have to take back all the bottles out of the ocean when Mm -hmm. you have to pay for that? Mm -hmm. So leave some room to your CEOs to put measures in place, Mm -hmm. To be more clever. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying to stop making nappies, I'm just saying be clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying make whatever so, but you have to also as an industry, you have to take responsibilities of anything you put in the market and what we see now is that people are swapping let's say a, a plastic bag for a paper bag which is not necessarily more environmentally friendly yeah, just because it's not plastic which yeah. for many products it may be correct but it's not, it's not always true so there is there is a lot to do there and and i think the financial world has a huge role to play we asked i mean you're also based in 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 rotterdam you know with the netherlands we only have four or five hundred fishing boats so i mean it's not huge they're all financed by two banks so i approached those banks and i said listen if those boats would sign up to a program like fishing for litter could you give them some benefit on, on, on let's say, the, the interest rates? <laughs> yeah. And those who are not there, just put them 2% up or 1% or 0.1% yeah. or whatever. Unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is- the, financial, the yeah. financial world also has a huge role to play in, in this change management. We see banks like, like uh, there are a few banks now going into, the, let's say, the more sustainable world and, and other types of investments. Uh, they have a huge role to play. The financial world has a critical card in its hand. I guess if they see
2: a chance instead of uh, a problem, is the way to change the mindset and not just the mindset on the street, but the mindset um, in the stock exchange.
0: Just listening to you guys, you know, for myself, it's really making me think that there are, you know, this this isn't just a pollution problem. This is an infrastructure problem. It's a problem with, you know, how is it, you know, for me, it's one of the big questions I ask is that, how
3: how do we choose our leaders? You know, how do we decide who our leaders are? You know, Alan, Alan come back to, to a remark, which was made by Richard. Yes, some companies have used lobby power. But yeah. you don't have to be religious to know the story about David and Goliath. It wasn't the big guy won. You just have to be stubborn and have a long day. Every person on the planet can be part of a change. Help gather data. Stop throwing away things yourself. Mm -hmm. Clean up everything you see, whatever. Just start around your house. Start around your school. But collect data. There are apps. We are using apps. Make a picture of what you have. And those data are being put in a database, which gives indirectly a huge political power. If you just clean it up, you have a good feeling. But the next day it's there again and nobody knows it. So you have to record data, you have to make movies. We 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 did learning by doing it. Huh? Uh, we're, not, we're not as bright as, as anybody else. I mean, we also got into contact with people who could who had those technologies and we said, let's make us let us make an app which can help you to get what you want to achieve. So there are people who, who built these kind of apps. There are more than there are several ones, but start using it. Start collecting data, data, data. Of every river, of every street, of every corner of the street, of every park, go to the supermarket, be very critical consumer. You don't have to be rebellious, but just the extra effort, the extra mile, everybody on the planet can do. And of course, there are people who are worried about the next day because they don't know what to eat and they don't know what to do, but they don't want to live on a landfill either. Absolutely. Yeah, I was in, in the Rio de Janeiro and, and there was a guy who was actually built on, uh, born on the landfill and he started in, in the, the far away remote areas of, of the Rio so where normally as a tourist you shouldn't go he started a small recycling plant and he said do you think we don't know that throwing things on the street is stupid but nobody's coming here to collect it so with all the scrap I found on the landfill I built my first recycling machine Mm. yeah
0: wow okay
3: these people are there yeah and then the governor didn't want to talk to him because he was born on the landfill. <laughs> so oh, and, and, and then man. sometimes people like us could be the intermediate because we, when Absolutely. I was talking to the governor I said listen, but do you know that there is there are people like that in your area? you should use them and use their knowledge and their infrastructure to grow a better infrastructure in your, in your. yeah, we don't talk to the informal sector. And formalize your informal sector. Yeah,
2: I, I would go one step ahead on that. I mean, today that's people on the on the favelas and on the uh, townships that are living on the landfill. But I would make clear to all rich investors that tomorrow they will be living in the landfill because there will be no more place but landfills. Yeah. There will not be no escape. They might have the money they want. If the planet is full of waste, it is full of waste, and you know there is no other planet where people can live. So.
3: Mm. We even converted waste streams into plaques, uh, which we can use to build social housing. Mm-hmm. So instead of living on the landfill, we can create, we can turn the landfill into housing. These technologies are there. Mm-hmm. Is this the best solution on the planet? No, it's an intermediate solution. But we see there is lack of wood. Plywood is getting scarce. Mm-hmm. We can, can- make yeah. alternative materials from all the waste stream they're sitting on. We can then create jobs. We can give them a good, a better living. When there's a job, when there's a factory, we can have a school next to it. It's not lack of technology. It's lack of bringing the forces together to make it happen. It's a huge
2: oh mindset from my point of view on the industrial side. Mm-hmm. There are still too many people with the former mindsets of few consumer high level population, a few high markets and a lot of resources, but this has changed. And obviously there are still too many leaders at the top of different financial and economical um, strategic points that do not have integrated that new situation. I mean, it has, it has changed. It doesn't mean that the past was everything bad, but the point is today, things have changed. Today, that's 7 billion people on earth. Everything is
0: different. If you've got anything else that you'd like to just say in closing as a- I'll quickly
3: echo what Bernard said earlier. I think it starts at home. You know, it's, it's just, you yeah, know, plastic might not have any value, but just pick up that that sweet paper, pick up that bottle, make sure it's recycled. Because I, I think that that could immediately, if everyone started doing that, I think that would stem the tide very, very quickly. Um, and secondly, I would say, put us out of business. I keep saying this to the <laughs> If we did our job right, and we cleaned up as much trash as we want to and if people pulled our products, we would be out of business because there shouldn't be any trash to pick up so um you know, my our shareholders always tell me to stop saying that because it sounds good but it's, it's not I, I i genuinely mean it we my business should not exist in this world but it does and the reason it does is because we're not very good at cleaning up our, our, our waste so you know boss, it, boss, it, boss, it's boss. like i said put us out of business um, you won't make my shareholders happy, but uh, the world
1: will be a lot better place. So, um, I made a couple of notes while everyone else was um, speaking just now. And there's a few pointers that, um, you know, just came to mind. Um, number one, this is not a five-year business plan or a 10-year business plan. It's we we are realistically looking at a 500 to 800-year business plan. If you consider the amount of time that plastic takes to biodegrade or just become nothing again because of all the microplastics, we, you know to to completely rid ourselves of plastic, if we would have started yesterday, we would still be looking at a minimum of four hundred years um, to be completely rid of plastic. And um you know that's including the microplastics. Um and then I often find myself wondering like how much money was spent. To make such a mess, because that's what we are sitting with, a big mess. And how much did it actually cost? Because everything was once bought. It was manufactured at a cost. It was sold at a cost and and you know bought to, to throw away. Um, both, you know, in some instances, obviously. And um, we have to realize that nothing leaves this planet. That even your first toothbrush still exists <laughs> in some way shape or form on this planet and i mean I'm, I'm i'm 45 i've gone through a number of toothbrushes and scary to think that my first toothbrush is still around somewhere you know and um, and that's just a toothbrush so i always ask people just to pause and reflect because the state of our rivers and the state of our water Is a direct reflection of our disconnection to ourselves because we are beings made up of mostly water and um, we need to reconnect to ourselves in order to understand what we are doing to our water because what we do to water we are doing to ourselves so we need to be the change we need to step up and make it make a big noise about this we need to really challenge everybody to do the same and to look after look out for themselves because what we do we're only looking out for ourselves at the end of the day we all are here and we need we need to stay here we're not going anywhere else this is the place this is the one only place we've got so we we need to nurture that and and um you know, value it. We need to bring value back to Earth and reconnect to Earth.
2: One little comment, but I would um, again go back to my business side, which is a little bit of complimentary <laughs> on that side. But I would really love to invite anyone, business developer, businessman, and ladies that is looking for big success to connect with me or us and to think about taking the challenge um, of changing the mindsets on the market, on the value.
0: Bernard, anything else to add before we yeah. wrap it up? I
3: would say two things. Uh, each individual can make a difference. So please be the one to yeah. do that. Um, secondly, a call to all people who want to invest, investors, financial organizations, please make the funds available. Contact us or our partners yeah. to build the infrastructure which is needed at least then we can tackle 80 to 90% of the issues on hand. We will certainly have to look into new technology for some others, but with today's technology, we can tackle most of the issues we are talking about today. But we need the funds to make it happen. Just in the U.S., just to give you some idea, just in the U.S., there is a need to build 500 recycling plants to deal with some of the packaging waste, just in the U.S. Thanks very much. Well,
0: you know, I think conversations like this from what i've heard today it's been you know a really you know like i said i don't feel like there was enough time um i feel like we, you know this could you know re- be really valuable as an extended conversation you know that's what it's about you know it's like we can't wait for the politicians to to you know to put their time stamp on it and go 2050 because that means you know that gives us how many elections uh you know this kind of thing you know like I, again i'm hearing from all of you that you know we need to get involved and we need to you know and and i think this has been a bigger issue as well is that you hu- you know human beings we've kind of just thought well it's not my job you know this kind of thing but i think the planet is our job you know like you know like the world cleanup day is all about there is no planet b there are other beings on this planet as well you know and we really need to to start you know making Changes and making a difference and it's been really constructive talking to you guys um if you guys are out there and you know world cleanup day do something get involved man there's there's hope and we can all do something if we just work together and yeah so guys it's been an amazing amazing conversation for me i hope you guys have enjoyed it as well and just you know sharing your information and just connecting with one another which is what the podcast was about you know Uh, which is what moving water alliance is about which is what tpc is about which is all of that stuff the planet calls and we need to listen thanks very much Kaz. i appreciate it so much thank you you for having us awesome awesome